This is the Minesh Bindi podcast. So hey everyone, this is Minesh Bindi and today is, uh, we're going to have a slightly different podcast. What I'm doing right now is I'm actually at, I'm out of London, which is, uh, which is a very um, unusual thing to happen for me and out of uh, the concrete jungle. And I'm actually in the countryside. I'm probably as far south in England as you can go. In fact, if I look outside, the sea is outside, right? Uh, and I'm visiting a friend of mine, his name is Peter, and we have been traveling together a lot in 2014 so far, and we've been having some interesting discussions, and I've always been the person who is full steam ahead on success, want to create the most success possible, etc., 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 which I know a lot of people that follow me are about, too. And what I wanted to, and in our discussions on our travel, I think it started off in New Zealand, we were in Miami. We didn't. It didn't really. It didn't really stem there, but it's it, it sort of increased as we were in New Zealand and then Singapore together. And what it was really about was what true success is, and that true success is not about uh, the making the amount of money, just the most amount of money that you can make, and not missing what's going on day to day. Uh, around you and the gems and life that's happening around you. Now, Peter has been a very, very, very successful property investor creating developments. Um, he currently helps. He works with uh, another friend of mine, which a lot of people who follow me know. His name is Andy Shaw, the author of some great books on mindset. Um, and Peter knows, you know, he's been, he's, you've sort of seen both sides of success, haven't you? Really? Absolutely, mate, absolutely, yeah. And uh, he has a certain insight on success that I've decided to adopt. I won't say 100% of it, but I've decided to take what I saw was valuable for me. And I wanted to put this discussion on audio so that people can actually see them. Not, you know, take it 100%, which I don't think anyone should do of anyone's opinion, but really take what speaks to them and implement it into their life, because it changed the way I perceive success. So without further ado, uh, Peter, welcome to uh, the Manesh Bindi podcast. Thank you for inviting me on your little podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is um, yeah, it's a new thing that I'm doing here. I think, uh, I think it's, it's an interesting... It's a very good concept, very interesting, and very, very valuable for your listeners, very valuable. Yeah, I think we're not talking about investing, we're sort of talking about success, and it's called conversations on success, so it's yeah. not really about... You know, let's just go and make the most amount of money possible, which is what most people think success is. It's more about... We're talking about, basically, my opinion of what success should be, maybe? We're talking about what you think and what what you've tried to tell me and what you've tried to show me and open my eyes to. The lessons I've learned as an old man. I I didn't want to say it, but yes, the lessons that you've learned as an old man. Let's talk about where this actually started. So we were in New Zealand. Yeah. And so what inspired you to actually say this to me and um, because, where was my head in your perception? Okay, um, you're, you were very, very close to the sort of mindset I had some years ago um, where I was driven to a point that um, I, I look back and, and remember not remembering. I look back and I think of times where I missed opportunities to spend with my family or my daughter um, that are never, ever recoverable. And I look back... Uh, to times where I had, you know, a couple of hundred thousand pounds or more in cars on my drive that I never had an opportunity to drive. Right. Um, I had brand new motorbikes in my garage that I used to go on touring once a year, and apart from that, they would sit in my garage. And um, it was nice accumulating the wealth, but certainly not living it. Um, And uh, what struck me is that, you know, we've all heard the story 
uh, there's no point of being the richest man in the graveyard. Yeah. Um, and that's probably one of the most valuable things I've ever heard because it is, you know, uh, an absolute fact. Unless you get, in my opinion, 100% joy, fulfilment and pleasure from seeing the ever-increasing digits in a bank account, then you need to think very carefully about your, your direction. Um, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind whatsoever that taking, uh, taking out and, and striving with wise investments or wise investment strategies such as, you know, what we're doing with the Gold for Life, you know, is, is, is invaluable. But you've got to ask yourself, how many million do I want in the bank? And when am I going to enjoy that money? Do I want to enjoy the time with my family? Do I want to do X, Y, Z? And I just noticed a very good friend of mine, being yourself, um, burning, burning out, you know, uh, working too hard uh, and not relaxing and enjoying yourself. And the last thing I want to see, you know, any of my friends is, uh, is going to a very, very early grave. I've had it happen to many um, for no reason whatsoever. So hence my boring old man lecture. In New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, it, I think what you, um, what you showed me was that I was looking at it, I was prioritizing things differently, because I always, I always believe that I know that I can have anything I want. So I think from your perspective, what I, what I learned and what I took away was that I should just think about how do I restructure this so that I get everything I want, not just the money. Because it's not just the money that we're, that we're all after. Success is about a lot of other things. You know, one of the things that I'm focused on right now is a relationship. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot about a lot more than, than just money. So where did you, tell us a little bit about, like, give everybody an idea of why you have any authority of giving an opinion on this. Well, um, I come from a, a relatively poor background. I was brought up in, uh, in, uh, in Brighton in an area called Whitehawk. And uh, we used to holiday in Brixton uh, for the peace and quiet and tranquility. For well, the people around um, the world, they don't know. It's yeah, if you don't know where Whitehawk is in Brighton, then really <laughs> you've got no idea. But put it this way, uh, I think I was nine before I realised that cars had wheels and tyres and they weren't fitted with bricks as standard. Right. And uh, it was very common, of course, for vehicles to burst into flames. It was a relatively rough area. Um, but nevertheless... That's where I was brought up. Um, it was a, a pretty hard upbringing. My mother and father both worked really, really hard. Um, and they were, of course, of course, in the J-O-B trap. Um, from then on, as a result of, uh, obviously, them not getting on too well, they split. And I found myself out to work at 13 and a half years old, paying a mortgage and looking after my brother and my sister. Um, it wasn't long before I realised at sort of 17 that I was... I was running projects for people I was working with, and before you know, in, the, in my early twenties, I was running a five hundred and forty million pound um, a month brick plant. Um, so I'd climbed the uh, the ladders in every business I'd worked within very, very quickly, um, and this is through having nothing more than a driven and mature mindset for my years. Um, I think I was about thirty four when I was I retired actually. You retired. I retired at 34. You mean that dream of retirement? I retired at 34, burnt out after working 365 days a year, and that is genuinely 365 days a year, because when you're running in heavy industry, um, there is no such thing as a day off. There are shutdowns, and when the shutdowns happen, the breakdowns happen. Uh, people injure themselves, chop off limbs, fracture skulls, break legs. Sounds like fingers. a nice, uh, yeah, nice environment. It's, it's a very nice environment. Yeah. A lot of uh, a very, you know, a lot of very happy memories. 
a lot of very serious issues. For one, for example, we were the fourth largest gas plant in the uh, United Kingdom, meaning that we would suffocate an area of about six square miles had, had the actual plant gone up in flames. Wow. So, yeah, pretty serious business and to run. And you were managing that. And I was 34. Right. Um, so, yeah, I retired when I was 34, went to, ret- went to live in the Canary Islands, got bored after about two weeks, and thought, I need to do something. So, why, so do you think that retirement, sorry to cut you off, but the dream of that retirement is actually, like, it's actually a period of, oh, my God, I'm actually burnt out? I, I was, young? without a doubt, a fully pre-programmed society muppet. Explain I, what you mean by society. I was one of these people that believes you get up in the morning, you go to work, you do X, Y, Z, you retire, you, you do get X, married, Z, you, you get, have yeah, pre-programmed by society. Um, but what I had done as a result of uh, starting work early and pressure, yeah. um, I'd gone into whatever I'd done wholeheartedly, worked hard at it, climbed ladders really, really fast, earned good money. Um, what I had done is in 1999 I realised got a lot of money in the bank, I'm really tired, I need a break, uh, and so I thought I'm going to take a few years off. Uh, not literally retire, but a few years off for somebody yeah. at 34 years old with a lot of money in the bank, it's pretty unusual. Yeah. I could have probably done 15 years without having to work again, Yeah. so that's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so, yeah, it dawned on me that uh, I was a fully pre-programmed Muppet, and all I had done was escalate uh, the speed in which I could actually sit back and relax as a result of working really hard and being paid well. Um, But then I realised in the Canary Islands that actually there is more to work than just work, and you can actually enjoy work if you do the things you enjoy. So do you think that's a... I know I'm cutting you off, but this is how we talk normally, so I just want to extend that onto the podcast. So do you think that that is uh, a virus of the way that we have been taught what work is? That you shouldn't enjoy work. Work is just for the earning of money. Um, because obviously we don't see it like that. No, we don't I have think nine, you're right. I think we don't have nine to fives. No. You know what I mean? People people say to me, you know, why are you continuing to work at eight p.m. in the evening? And it's because I don't have a nine to five. I have a from when my eyes open to when my eyes close. I don't have, you know, a nine a nine to five operation. So what do you think? Do you think that's a virus that we've been taught in the Western world? Let's uh, well, let's be very very clear. Nobody at school tells you you should enjoy your work. That's not part of the... That's uh, true. Yeah, so with that in mind, surely the implication is that literally you go to work to earn money. No yeah, one we're says just you, told, just get it done. Yeah, no one says you go to work to fulfil your life's desires, your life's dreams, to change the world, yeah. to, to make people better, you know? I, I genuinely admire uh, the, the, those in the medical profession that join that profession to help people. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I don't admire the plastic surgeons that earn multiple millions out of chopping certain bits off of certain places and grafting them on others. Fantastic. It's a desired skill. It's an art. It, there is a need for it. And it's a money machine. Congratulations, guys. I envy you, genuinely. But the people I genuinely... Because you fit in my camp. You fit in the entrepreneur camp. Yeah. And you just happen to be cutting people up with a knife to do so. Yeah. Yeah? I hope that's not an insult. But you don't fit in the camp where... You know, the women, the mother, the men, the generally, globally, de- devote their lives to helping people. I'm talking about working hospitals for next to nothing, you know, 24-7, going out, flying around the world, working in, you know, relief hospitals. I'm talking about the people that actually have uh, a genuine calling to help others. Now, see, that, I, that to see, me is amazing. See, I don't think that, I mean, 
give me your, pers- your perspective on this, but I personally don't think that just because somebody's calling is validated by the lack of money they accept for it. I totally agree. Now, all I was saying is, in school, yeah. no one teaches you to go and find a job that will give you that reward. That, will, that, that you love. Their calling is reward. They not, they're obviously not interested in the money because these people do it for next to nothing. Yeah. But that, so that if everybody could find that calling, whether they earn a buck a year or 50 billion bucks a second, they'd all be happy, wouldn't we? Yeah. It's the calling. Nobody teaches you that. A few, very few people find their calling. So when it comes to working in the public sector, private sector, you know, being sucked into the global employment machine, um, I don't think anybody actually ever says to anybody, you need to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. So the natural, you know, the natural result is going to be most people just grin and bear it. So uh, give people a, um, tell people what you told me actually. And then we can have a then we can expand on that because I don't mind. To, I'm you're gonna have to remind me. What I told you. <laughs> you don't have any. You know, right. So basically, we would. I was talking about how I envision a, a, a at least a hundred million dollars worth of net worth. Yeah. And I was working towards that, and I'm think, figuring out exactly what businesses and moves that I need to make in order to make that happen, and what investments I need to make, and everything like that. And you said, "Why don't you enjoy?" It? You, yeah, that's. I think that's how it started. Yeah. I was stressed about it or something. Like yeah. That. Um, now I hope I don't. I hope I don't sound uh, like uh, like a fool or, or or particularly cheap here, but what I did say to uh, to Manesh and what I've said to other people is that um, you know I've been out there and I've uh, we've put some very big projects on the table, some very big deals with some huge amounts of money, and uh, I missed I missed the first three years of my daughter's life really, um, which is criminal. It's criminal, inexcusable, and unreplace irreplaceable. And, and I think back, and what good did it do me? Absolutely nothing. Um, and I, I, I just literally just felt the need to enforce my will on Manesh and make sure he, <laughs> and make sure he didn't make the same mistake. So I explained to him, and I said, look, you're a young guy. Yeah, make yourself rich. Put a few fast cars in the garage. Enjoy it. But enjoy it. You know, you never know. You could be run over by a bus. You know, there's, there's many, many things. And then, and then of course, that was, my, that was my quip as far as... Uh, uh, trying to get through to manage my thoughts, um, and it obviously expanded out into a much, much bigger conversation, um, which, of course, can go spiritual in many directions because at the end of the day, what are we all looking for? There's only one thing we're all achieving for, and that's pleasure, it's life, it's enjoyment, it's happiness. It's happiness right. yeah. you know, and uh, I think, you know, unless you're, you're striving for those bigger digits on a bank account, then, um, yeah, you could be striving for the wrong thing. So one of the... Uh one of the things that I took away from that conversation was that was that actually I can achieve everything I want financially and do it with enjoyment and be home to see my wife, my children when I when I get married uh, and have when I have children and I can see the family and everything else if I just think now about how I want it structured from the start. And I think that's where people go wrong. I think people chase one thing. Like I was chasing um, chasing creating the money, but I wasn't even thinking about the other side. Whereas if you just become conscious of it and you start thinking about, hmm, what type of life do I actually want? You can actually create that wealth. And then whether you, whether you end up creating that wealth or not doesn't actually matter. Like I, for me now... I, my goal is still to create a hundred million dollars worth of net worth, 
well, it's not in the same way. I'm not striving to work every single day uh, of my life to get that, and I'm not going to be upset if I miss it by a few pennies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas before, I would have been, because that was the goal. So I think that's, a, that's an important, um, important understanding that I've had now, is let me think about it from the start. Let me think about how I can leverage technology, leverage uh, time, leverage people to, to create that wealth, but also really put into in a priority of what's important to me as well. And I think that's one thing that you uh, made me see. It's, it's very, very important. Um, for me, the meaning of life, for me, is choice. Yeah. You must... The wealth isn't choice. Cho- choice. Choice, yeah. period. Choice encompasses everything. Um, you need a certain amount of money to give you choice. Whatever that amount is, um, you know, is uh, achievable with, within a few minutes, a pad and pen or a laptop or a calculator, sit down and write down what you would like to enjoy in a year, yeah. every year. Yeah. Add in there the schooling if you want to send your children to private schooling, adding in there a Lamborghini, add in there whatever you want to add in there and do the maths. You'll see what you need to earn per annum. Now, all you need to do is achieve the money to do that and put a little bit aside, and you, now all of a sudden you have choice. And you'd be surprised to find out it's probably not 100 million. Yeah, and I think that there is this common perception that the harder you work, the, the better you are. Oh, that, that's absolutely true if you're a product of the employment machine. It, it, right. That's of course it is, unless you work hard. We right. all know... But, I mean, say that to the Rothschilds or the Rockefellers. Yeah, but you've got entrepreneurs now that are taking pride. And I see it all the time on my Facebook, people that I talk to. Even, like, for example, there's a a company that I'm starting to do business consulting. Not, like, for friends that are running businesses that want some advice and whatever. And one of the things that they do is just work so hard. And they're working constantly because they think that the harder they work, the better they are as a person or an entrepreneur. And, like, I think that association is absolutely crazy. Well, to be honest, in my opinion, the only thing hard work compensates for is a lack of strategic ability. Right. If you are smart enough to look at what you're doing uh, and decide you want to spend X amount of hours a month with your family, X amount of weeks a year on holiday, if you can look at your strategy and you can then decide you need to earn a certain amount of money and then leave your spare time to earn that money in, now that's a clever man. Right. If you actually get up in the morning and you have to work every hour you possibly can and then what's left you scrimp together the pennies to go on holiday, then you're using hard work as compensation for your lack of ability. Right. Um, So that's not the answer. I can guarantee you that, you know, the wealthiest families globally are not wealthy because they're all down pit. Right. They're not down pit, they're not digging roads, they're not they're not working hard breaking their back. Right. You know, they're doing it cleverly. And I think, you know, we've had an increase of marketing around the importance of sleep in the world. Like there's been studies and everything that's done now to say like if you're not getting at least eight hours of sleep a night, you're 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 actually underperforming basic tasks and it's hard to build a business, build anything, even be sociable with less than eight hours of, of sleep a day. And I think that that marketing and that research and that's those studies that have been done are going to go a long way to helping people. But I don't know what it is. Entrepreneurs just think that 
you have to be working all the time to sort of... It's more of a validation about who you are. It's a validation of an insecurity to a certain extent. That's what I realized yeah, it was in it me. Is. Because I realized I can, you know, the night before, now what I do is like the night before, I make a list of the five to ten things that I need to get done the next day. But I also write down how many hours I'm going to work. So I will work, you know, I use an energy management system, which is like, you know, work for 90 minutes, take a 30-minute break, and I work on a Tony Schwartz, if anyone's listening, wants to get the book by Tony Schwartz, Powerful Engagement, talks about it. So your brain can only focus on one task at a time for 90 minutes, and then you take a 30-minute break, and then another 90 minutes. And I, my goal is basically to do four of those 90-minute segments in a day. And if I can get four done, then that's all my work done. So, going back to it, I think people, what do you think about that idea of actually putting down and dictating in advance how much you're going to work so that your goal fits into your time frame rather than your time frame fitting into the goal? I think if you are comfortable with the restrictions you're setting on yourself, that's fine. But we've also discussed, um, the fact of the matter is, neither of us work anyway. Yeah. You cannot consider what you do or we <laughs> yes. do as work. Like, this is work. We love it. We enjoy it, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I, I get up when I want every day. Um, I'll do a bit, then I'll spend the afternoon with my daughter. Um, she goes to bed uh, sort of 8 o'clock. Then I'll go online because most of my customers are worldwide. Um, most people, sorry, not customers, the people I deal with, JV partners are worldwide. And um, it's not unusual. I'll put any, in anywhere between sort of 4 and 18 hours. Yeah. It's possible. It's not unusual at all for me to do uh, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, maybe more. I, I haven't got a clue, to be honest. But I can't remember the last day I worked. Yeah. You know, it's as simple as that. But that doesn't mean, from one respect, I could say, as you've just agreed, I, I've got six or seven things to do tomorrow, and I, I'm going to give myself three hours to do that because I want to spend the rest of the day swimming with my daughter. Yeah, that's absolutely fine, and it's a very, very good idea to schedule in your time like that and you can make it work like that but in my opinion I think if you're actually looking at your schedule with a view that it's work then maybe you know yeah you know you need to you need to genuinely look at what you're doing because if it is genuinely work then uh, no what I meant by by work is the things that need to get done yeah. in order yeah, for the tasks the, for the, the tasks, right? yeah yeah the tasks for the absolutely I think it's a brilliant idea because there's a uh, there's a law and it's um it's escaping me right now whose law it is but it's the idea that whatever time space you give something it's going to expand yeah. to require that much time so if people are saying I'm 100% committed to my business and it's uh, you know I'm going to give 18 hours a day to it then that's how much time it's going to take up whereas yeah. if you say I'm only going to give 6 hours a day to it but I still want the goal then that's how much time it's going to take up because your brain your reticular activating system will then find the opportunities and the and the things that need to come in to, to create that, the leverage to, to allow you to create that in that time period. Mm. So I think that's the tool. What else would you think that people should um, think about success? What else do you think? I want to go on to another topic, but yeah. I want to just... Yeah, well, success, again, uh, success for me is creating the ability to have choice. Yeah. And that is all down to... Um, Focusing on really what you want in life, focusing on what you want to do with your life, um, making sure you're thinking that bit more smarter than the next guy. Uh, you can you can earn better incomes, you can earn better money doing smarter moves than working hard. Um, 
you know, it, it's about giving yourself choice. It's about um, being happy in every in every sense of the word. Yeah. Now, if that means that you know you you have decided that you want to have the biggest yacht and you need X amount of billion to buy that yacht, and if that's your happiness and if that's your choice, that's absolutely fantastic. But think carefully if you do have family and children as the years roll by and you start to live that regret. If you do live that regret, yeah. is that really what you wanted? If it wasn't, then you find you've made the right move. I think you have a very interesting skill which I'm developing, and that's the ability we were talking about the other day. And that's the ability to, to stop and look at what action you're taking now and how that could come back to you seven different ways ten years from now. Yeah. And I'll talk about it now. So I was going to put a particular... Uh, introduction onto this, this very podcast actually yeah. and um, so you heard it and your brain obviously went 10 years into the future yeah. saw seven different options and none of them looked good yeah. so you uh, called me up and ripped me a new word as no. they say so how do you get that skill I think that skill is very valuable talk, talk a little bit about that um, it's it's uh, again, it's uh, because uh, the reason why that skill is valuable. I just want to preframe it a little bit more. Is that if you have that skill, then you can see. Okay, I'm going to chase the money. What's it going to lead to? I'm going to get the yacht. Going to get the plane. Going to get the whatever I want. But is that really what I want? What's it? What's that going to culminate to as a result of my actions today? That's why I want to talk. Well, about if this. um, I'm the, you know, if I've always looked at life from a point of view that unless somebody gives me physical evidence, we don't know if we're coming back. Yeah. Now this is a big subject, yeah, because we could get hit, we could go really, we could go Buddha, we could go. Spiritual. We could go anywhere. We you could go, go anywhere. This is British. Yeah. This is yeah. my podcast. Yeah. We could do, we do we anything from this point, and I'd love to get involved in every single one of those conversations. <laughs> but for right now, we need physical evidence, guys. Yeah. Physical evidence. And although, do you know, at the back of my mind, I know we come back, I'm probably not going to come back in these shoes as this person well, yeah. and live this again. So whether we come back or not, guys, just for anyone that disagrees with me right now, you need to enjoy the life you have right now. Right. Now, to enjoy that life, it's about avoiding regret. Okay. And to avoid regret, just consider the steps you take. When you are... When you move through life... Do you find other people offensive towards you? If they're offensive towards you or irritating you, imagine what you are doing to others. Yeah? Don't become that offensive person. Don't become that wave. I'm not saying follow the path everyone else follows, become a sheep. I'm saying there is no point in making waves causing friction when you can go unnoticed. Yeah? If you want to be noticed, be noticed by the masses and approved. You don't necessarily have to be approved if you're a, uh, a pioneer, but why alienate the people that won't necessarily follow you? You don't want to build, build a bank of enemies either. Right, it's like a lot of people take pride in the number of haters that they have, right? It's like the more haters I have, the more successful I am. Well, that to me is all pretty unnecessary, really. Right, exactly. You know? Um, you know, it's all very unnecessary. So when I looked at the podcast you'd done, um, being, you know, you're a young guy, you're a close friend of mine, I looked at that and I immediately thought um, there are some issues there that literally uh, may not um, ring true, may not sit comfortably with the uh, potential clients you will be 
dealing with, dealing with it in the future. Yeah. Uh, purely and simply because when you use a particular type of music or a particular type of advertising campaign and action, you're targeting a select group. Yeah. Um, targeting one thing, alienating another is another. Yeah. Uh, and alienation is the key. Avoid alienation. If you, if you wish to target, target by all means, but do not alienate. Yeah. Uh, and I immediately saw a potential there for people as labelling you in a bad light, which is a complete, you know, a complete no-no. No one should be pigeonholed. No one should be labelled. But we all live in this universe together, and we all know that people do get pigeonholed, and people do get labelled. And the majority of us are unenlightened. They are unthoughtful, unconsiderate, and will continue uh, for many, many decades to come to label and pigeonhole people. Whatever their beliefs are, they will, you know, they'll they'll lock that person away in in uh, whatever vault of dislike or distaste, and never actually get to know the true potential of that person. Yeah. So my opinion is, you know, as a public figure, as somebody that is going to be moving within the public eye, um, it's your it's a duty uh, for you to allow the majority and not to alienate, it's, it's your duty to allow the majority to have a look and focus on what you have to offer. Right. And by alienating masses through targeting other minor groups, um, you know, you're failing in your own duty and alienating potential business. So, I, I, I 100% get that and that's why obviously we made the change that we did. Um, what? I, how do you get that skill? Because obviously, what happened there was it took for you to look into the future look at obviously knowing me well enough to know what where I want to go and what I want to do and what you think that I'm capable of doing allowed you to go, okay, that's not the right move today for 10 years' time because in 10 years' time somebody could do it, could be doing some profile research on you or whatever, come across that and then have uh, and decide not to work with you for whatever reason that they have their own insecurities are saying. What... Where does the skill come from? Because I think if a lot of people decided to do that, a lot of girls wouldn't be putting the pictures they're putting up on Instagram. A lot of guys wouldn't be talking about, you know, talking the way they're talking online. A lot of people wouldn't be talking about, wouldn't be, wouldn't be posting the things that they're doing online today if they had that vision to go, okay, where do I want my life to go? What is it going to look like? What am I going to, you know, how am I going to be perceived um, to get the result that I want? Well, in my opinion, it's about um, it's about clear positioning. It's about um, helping people to uh, understand your thought process, understand uh, what you want to say, what you want to do, without being offensive or without uh, alienating them. Um, I've always enjoyed, uh, although I've uh, you know I have a heavy engineering background, I've always enjoyed sales as well. And when you are uh, when you're talking to somebody or uh, an entity with a sales perspective, um, you, you, you need to basically highlight the good points. Uh, and by highlighting the good points, that doesn't mean that you shed disbursements on any other products or any other bad points, thus alienating. Um, so I suppose the, the fundamental um, founda- the fun- foundation to my, my train of thinking is basically that um, a point has to be made, a communication has to be made that cannot be construed as being offensive, aggressive, yeah. or potentially um, disturbing to any uh, minority or any majority, in fact. You know, is it, 
Is it cool, calm? Is it non-offensive? Is it generally popular? You know, so if we're going to go, you know, you, you could, I can remember as a youngster saying, oh, you like pop music. And uh, to be honest, I really couldn't give a damn if it was called pop music or other music. But what I did notice was the pop musicians had a lot more money than the non-pop musicians yeah. that were targeting some niche group um, that basically had, you know, three fans, and one of them was a dog that lived in Barn <laughs> yeah. Oldswick. You know, well, whoopee-doo, guys, you know, you've got some niche activity, and I enjoy spending that 50 pence you earn from them. But I personally, you know, I really would rather shake the hand of, uh, you know, a, a successful pop musician that's made it big time um, than, than, uh, than somebody that's obviously convinced their music is the be-all and end-all and probably living in a dustbin on the side of the M4 right now. Yeah. So, there you go. So, you have the saying that... Um, it's <laughs> where, however far you want to go on the explanation of that saying. Well, well I mean... You know, it's a um, good guideline for when people are yeah, taking. Yeah, well, we shouldn't. This. We shouldn't. Put, I have a saying uh, that I've used as well, and you can fill in the blanks. But I've always said, "Don't put your bleep in the fire." Right. Yeah. There's no need, is there? Right. You know, it's as simple as that. Explain that a little bit more. No, for those no, you people can do that. that. It's your it. podcast. <laughs> you know. It, you know, there is. Uh, I use the, I use bleep, <laughs> but let's just say for for now, we'll just use the alternative, which could be hand. There would be no reason whatsoever ever in your life to put your hand in the fire with there. The, unless you're completely stupid, you could put it in there to say you wanted to see if you'd get burnt. Yeah. True? Now, I'm sure we'd all agree that most people know that fire's hot. Yeah. And there's a very good chance you're going to get point, burnt. Yeah. Exactly. So as far as my concerns are, as far as my opinion is, just don't put your hand in the fire. Yeah, no, you have a very good ability to see holistically um, from a overarching point of view what every action is going to result to like we had this when we were in Vegas you know you saw certain things that people were doing and you're just like well, why Why do that what is the point of doing that yes it's going to make you feel great now but is it going to really be useful in five years or ten years and Danger, I, think, yeah. I think that's a very interesting um, very very interesting skill that uh, you just have, I don't know, I don't know how you get it. And it's annoying at times, but it's well, very, very useful. I don't, I don't really, I, until you mentioned it the other day, it had never occurred to me. It's just, uh, um, it's, I think, to be honest, it's more of a, a stealthy approach. Because it's safer, uh, more profitable, uh, definitely more intelligent. Yeah. Uh, to move skillfully, stealthily, through life achieving uh, the goals you want to achieve or the targets or the tasks you want to achieve um, without creating enemies, creating ripples uh, and creating problems for yourself in the future. So it's a question of looking at the actions you're taking uh, and just asking yourself, are you alienating anybody? Are you upsetting anybody? Is this going to backfire on you? Um, if if you expand your business in the future, if you do X, Y, Z, is there going to be a reper- repercussion? Are people going to be able to pick up your biography, look back at your history from a point of view and go, do you know what, this guy has the foundation, this guy has everything it takes. What we see of this man today is good enough for us to take him on today. Yeah. You know, so it's about your history. You know, do you have good history? Are you making good history? So do you think that, uh, just diverting a little bit, 
do you think that there's a fasc- like I think there is I think there's a fascination and a confusion to what success is and success is really um, overridden by fame right now and a lot of people want to get famous instead of successful and that fame because of the world that we live in and the TV programs and the music and everything that we are shown uh, it, it seems like success is fame or adulation rather than success actually being the bank account that you have at the end of it, you know, or the, yeah. or the impact that you make in your business. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think people do have a, uh, a complete misunderstanding of success. Um, sadly, there are far too many very successful actors, singers that come to very sticky early ends yeah. as a result of drug, abu- drug abuse, uh, you know, uh, many things, depression... Um, so success isn't really always found in publicity, isn't you know found in the public eye. Um, I think, to be honest, um, the man that's got a few hundred grand in the bank that spends you know five, six, eight weeks a year, or however many weeks a year he spends on holiday with his family, has a good family life, enjoys what he's doing, whether he's a, a dentist, whether he's a bricklayer, whatever he's doing, you know. If he's going to want to put a few hundred grand in the bank, he's probably going to want to do something like you guys do at Gold for Life or have other interests, maybe a property portfolio. He's going to need to do something more than the standard J-O-B. Yeah. Yeah? Um, But that's a successful man. He's living his life. He's enjoying himself. He's got a little bit tucked away. He's investing wisely. He's not just caught on the J-O-B ladder. Um, and, and he's his enjoying money's, his money's growing. His for money's him. growing for him, and he's enjoying his <clears> life. <throat> right. Now, would I swap that man man's role? Uh, you know, would I would I take up the bricklayer's job that has eight week holiday with his wife and lives in a nice house, got a happy family, with the entrepreneur that spends eighteen hours in an office and had one week off in the last five years, but he's got a few million in the bank? No, I wouldn't. But then again, it depends on whether that entrepreneur is actually enjoying the work that he's doing, right? Absolutely. It's all, it's all relative. There, there is that, but then, then my safety mechanism comes in again right. and asks me this one question. He may be enjoying whatever he's doing, and he's probably so excited looking forward to his goal, which is going to be the day he believes he should stop and spend his money or retire. Right. I only, I only keep, I only pray for the guy that he doesn't get taken out by a bus, a plane crash, a heart attack, cancer, liver disease, heart disease, <laughs> cranial embolism, right, whatever. Yeah, there's a million things on this planet, and they're all begging to kill you. And if you wanna, if you wanna design your life to spend the next forty to fifty years trapped away in an office somewhere. You know, and and you're probably enjoying it. Don't get me wrong, but when you know when that uh, when that four foot square tire runs over your head and the last series, last thing you see in your life is Dunlop, then you'll think, <laughs> oh, maybe I should have enjoyed myself. So yeah, that that's... isn't it always better to to die chasing the dream though. Well, maybe, but it would also be nice to try having to die having a bit of the dream. Right. I mean. Uh, um, you know, I wouldn't like it to happen by any means. More for my daughter's sake and my wife. Um, but if I went now, I'd be happy. Absolutely. Hand on heart. I've travelled the world. I've laid on the best beaches. I've dived the best dive sites. I've driven the fastest cars. Um, I've eaten at the best restaurants. Uh, I've, I've stayed in the best hotels. I've had a phenomenal existence. Um, and I've, I've done it all. I don't need anything else. Um, I, I would hate to think that I wouldn't be around because I have a seven-year-old daughter that... I'm pretty sure enjoys my company. 
Um, most days. Most days. Yeah. But but that's the only reason because I I can honestly say you know I have lived. Yeah. You know, which you can as well. You're a very young guy, but you live a good life, and and that to me is success. And success is only derived from choice. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's the important thing. Now, however much I want to support the guy that's that's doing the you know the hundred hours a day stuff, um, just no, I don't agree just, with that. Just be careful, you know. I, I don't agree with doing the hundred anymore. I used to. Mm. I don't. I don't agree with that anymore. Just but, in my opinion, is eradicate the potential for regret. Right. Eradicate that potential. Just just stop it right now. You know, if you're looking, thinking, "Oh, it's only another fifteen years I can retire." Just be aware. No, that's that's living out of the moment. Yeah, that's, you're not in the you moment. Can't live you're wasting that. your life right now because, believe me, when you retire, you're not going to be able to dive that deep. Right. You're not going to run that fast. You're not going to drive that fast. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be eating those fantastic restaurants because you'll probably have an ulcer. <laughs> you know, you're going to be eating whatever. So in, enjoy life right now. Get to a point that you've got your choice. You've got your investments. You've got your business running. You've got everything happening. Get comfortable. You know, get comfortable and get comfortable right now. Um, get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think uh, my focus has really gone on to, like, how do you leverage the business? How do you leverage the ideas? How do you leverage, you know, the certain different things that you can leverage in business people time money whatever to create the goal like I still I still uh, want an inverted commas I'm doing bunny ear signs for those people that on the podcast yeah those people I still want a hundred million dollars of uh, liquid net worth that is still my goal in inverted commas but it's not the dial end all goal you know I still have the other balance of it and also my need for f- fame and adulations and stuff has gone down a little bit I think I'm trying to figure out how to get the goal that I want without and you know we've had this discussion as well is how do you get that without being in the public eye all too much without having that fame without having you know and it's just difficult in the business that I'm currently in because it's all based on me um, so that's certainly one thing that I've been looking at now one thing I want to talk about and this is a complete sidestep but it actually pays pretty much attention to talk is fine. You you okay? You wanna? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. Yeah, to go, yeah. All right. Um, is social media, technology, smartphones, and things like? Because I know you have an interesting opinion on this, and you actually also made me realize this too. How much time? I, it's really funny. It's the first what, time. Do we, do we have time for this on this podcast? I think we do. Like, let's just go. Like, the, the whole point of this is how long is this going to be? There I mean, is no, there is no sort of set time limit. Okay, so, whenever okay. you get tired, just let me know. Okay. But, but the idea of this is basically this is a like we we have just, just so you know anybody listening to this podcast, yeah. <laughs> what I want you to do is whatever point you decide I can't listen to these guys anymore, <laughs> yeah, just make a note of that time and email Manesh so we know how long you could put up with us talking, okay? Yeah, I mean, the, the whole point of this was basically to record the conversations that we have. And we've had long conversations about so about all these different things. Okay. And the idea is basically to put them on audio. Because, okay. Well, this is not for profit or anything like that. And no, it's just of about not. how do you spread these ideas so that people start understanding different perspectives. Okay. So whenever you get tired, just let me I'm know. I'm fine. We'll, we'll, I'm just thinking of your podcast. Oh no, I'm not. I'm listening. At the end of the day, I'm not worried about them. Okay. They're, 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 the whole point of this is an eavesdrop into the conversation. Okay, carry on. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, talk, let's talk about smartphone. This was on the first trip. The first time... No, this is the second trip that we took, which was the first time we met was when I was speaking in Dallas. And then the trip after that we took was to Miami for the marketers cruise, right? And at the end of that, you saw me spend so much time on my phone. This was a three years ago or something like that? Yeah, three years ago. You sp- saw me spend so much time on my phone that you absolutely, because of, you know, whatever was going on and your, your understanding of social media and Facebook and all that stuff, you absolutely uh, laid into me, and I think that was in a bar in Miami. And I just want to... Let's not go into right. the before, emotion of okay. that. But before, before everybody thinks, my God, who is that opinionated bleep? Yeah. Um, yes, I am very, very self-opinionated because... Well, uh, we all are. I mean, we all They are. wouldn't be listening to me we if, all they, are. if they hate We that. all are. Everybody has their own opinions, and I do have some very, very strong opinions, which um, I'm not big-headed about it, but actually scientifically have proven to be fat now, but I'm not going <laughs> to... And I just want to point out before you go on that the the objective of this podcast, like for people listening, is not for you to take what we're saying as gospel, but it's to take no, go what, do your own research. It's to take what rings true to you, go do your own research, find out what speaks to you, and then if you want to implement that, implement it. Like I still, I haven't gotten rid of my smartphone as a result. What we're we're going to be talking about, and you've got a smartphone. I have a smartphone. You've got a smartphone. Well, it's a bit less smart because it's a Motorola, not an iPhone, but there you go. So, go on, let's talk about your your, your perception. Okay. Um, Because I've slowed down on Facebook. I I don't know whether you know 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 the amount of writing that I used to do. What what I noticed is that um, uh, not just Manesh, but somebody very close to me, I won't mention, um, was not present. They were absolutely not present. And uh, what I noticed with Manesh, who genuinely is a lovely guy, is that we were in the Caribbean together and he was staring at a smartphone. And you've got to think to yourself, OK, now we're in the Caribbean. Some people, the people in jobs, work all their life to actually save up enough money to go where we go regularly just for fun. Um, and he's staring at a screen. And... Uh, it, it got more and more irritating to the point I actually had to explain to him how how misguided this whole concept was um, and how wrong it was and how bad it was for his life. Um, and Manesh didn't really agree with me at the time, but it didn't take long before you actually thought, actually... No, I sort of looked this. at you and went, right, he was having a nervous breakdown, yeah, I'll yeah. just let him continue talking yeah. and then... But it didn't take long before Manesh went, actually, because he's a very open-minded guy, he said, actually, OK, let's look into this. And he did look into it and... Uh, it's a very, very sad state of affairs globally at the moment. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, the Japanese at the point where they're, they're just not reproducing anymore. They're dying off. The Japanese people are dying off. Um, you know, there are there's young Japanese ladies uh, running around wondering why all the men literally have got no in- interest in them whatsoever. No, testosterone, yeah. Testosterone's dying off. Um, you know, we are killing ourselves as, uh, as, um, as a species... And right now you're thinking, oh, I can't listen to any more of this. If you're thinking that, you're so wrong. You really need to go and do some research because it's absolutely true. Yeah. It's beyond scary. Um, I was speaking to... Can I go off, off subject to say? Uh, hey, listen. I was speaking to a guy called Denny. And, uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> and this guy... Every story, every good story is a guy called Denny. No, the guy called Denny, <laughs> that's his name. And um, he has a company... Uh, 
I think it's called The Pink Cow. But anyway, check it out online. I think it's called The Pink Cow. And he makes, uh, he makes natural face creams for men and women. Right. The ones that don't poison you, like everything else that Beecham's and that lot sell. I don't care if they have that. Um, <laughs> well, I do, actually. That's my own opinion, and no one can, help, no one can uh, take me to court for that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he makes these products. And um, do you know, this, this is true. This guy was, uh, he, he's been involved on the outskirts of pharmaceuticals. He's been on, involved in, in cattle. And um, the reproductive rate, as far as our human sperm count is concerned, male sperm count, has dropped this century by 72%. Wow. Now, if you had a 5% production drop in cattle... Yeah. There would be the most massive alarm bells ringing. The scientific community would be up in arms to a degree. It would be phenomenal because, heaven forbid, cattle production drops. Yeah. Now, this is because, obviously, leather, beef, beef products, etc., etc. But human sperm count has dropped in production 72% in this 100 years. And we are dying just past the age of retirement. Funny, that, isn't it? It's funny, isn't it? It's funny. It's we almost... always used to say that in the investors. Yeah, it's so... terrible, isn't it? You know, it's, it's funny, that. It's almost as if it's planned for. Yeah. And yet, there are people out there, um, and here we go, conspiracy theory time, that say that uh, cancer was cured decades ago. And, well, check that out. There's people that talk about water, talk about cleansing, talk about juicing, talk about all these bits and pieces and all these things. But just bear in mind that the next time... Um, you put something in your mouth that's processed, your body can't dissolve it, you know, can't eat it. Yeah. Um, bear in mind that the next time you put cream, cream on your skin, read the label, because it probably says it's got a BP Petroleum product in it, which you've ingested is poisonous. You know, you put it on your skin, your skin absorbs that, it's poison. Bear in mind that, you know, what we're doing to ourselves as a species is absolutely criminal. And I've gone off topic. I'm going to come back on the topic now. All right. Absolutely criminal. I thought I might have to bring no, you back. No, 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 no. Right. So I've talked about all of those things just to make you wake up. Because if you haven't clicked off, you're probably in shock now. And you should be in shock because you need to go away and actually look into this stuff. Um, if you haven't clicked off, you'll realise that, yes, social media has its part in this too. A absolutely massive part in this, um, and again, it's again it, it comes back to with me wealth, choice, living your dream, living your desire, being present in the moment. And if you genuinely think spending two or three hours on Facebook every day is going to fill your bank account with cash, unless you're actually earning money through driving social media traffic with Facebook, you need to think again. Well, this is one of the things that I've noticed and why I completely stopped. Um, I post occasionally, but now it's mainly, you know, post to promote whatever we're doing rather than post to inspire or peddle inspiration, as I like to think about now. But it's like people are posting on Facebook and their success is linked to the amount of likes they're getting on the post or the amount of comments they're getting on the post or the amount of the people are giving adulation to that post rather than the amount of value that they're serving. Now, some people would say that that is a piece of value that you're giving to somebody. By writing an inspirational post, somebody reads that, you're, give, you're delivering value for that. But at the same time, you've got people that are writing these inspirational posts, post after post after post after post, and then wondering where the actual success is. And I think that that 
that there is a there is a disconnection between the number like what again it goes back to what success is to somebody and I think social media has really alienated the meaning of success to fame to likability to well to be honest it, they're striving for a a poor and weak form of adulation aren't they right it's all they want people are after approval right it's very sad. I think that's what you said to me the first time you decided to have this conversation. You know, it's, it's incredibly sad. I mean, as you know, I use Facebook now, but I use it for business, yeah. you know. Um, and I'm very fortunate to say that my business is a fun and a pleasure and a joy. And uh, I have got links on there to people that are close friends of ours that we, you know, we know. Hi, Blair and Wendy, if you ever dare listen to this out in New Zealand. <laughs> And uh, Jason and Mike and all our Glenn and all of our other lovely dear friends all over the world. Uh, if you ever listen to this, hi. Um, but yeah, and uh, when when uh, I've got about half a dozen people that I actually connect with at Facebook, you know, and when I see that one of them's out enjoying themselves with their family, we we connect just the same as you would over the phone or a, any normal form of uh, uh, sociable activity, but. You know, yeah, I know there are people out there with hundreds and hundreds of friends and all they do is follow what their friends do, literally to the point of John's gone down the shop to buy a tin of Coke. Yeah. You know, now that to me is slightly sad. It really is sad and they're wasting their lives, in my opinion. See, one of the things that amazed me was actually actually a turning point where you got really annoyed was that Did first... I really get that annoyed? Seriously badly annoyed when we were in... Uh... But you know why I got annoyed and I can't really mention that, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I'm not going to mention Because the, the serious... I, I must confess, I have a serious, deep, emotional issue <laughs> with the yes. use of smartphones uh, that affected me personally uh, to an incredible degree. Yeah. And Manesh was lucky enough to bear the wrath of that. Uh, and, yeah, I, I do remember being a little bit aggressive over the whole thing because at least it made him see that, um, yeah, it's actually a bit silly, really. Yeah, no, I used to I used to check my Facebook, post on Facebook, let everyone know what was going on, ignoring the people around me. And this... Actually, it was most prominent in Nikki Beach. Remember the first time we were in Nikki Beach in Miami, and we were sitting there, and there was, you know, it was beautiful. There was, the, we had the beautiful women. Yeah. The music. There's no harm in you saying that. Yeah, you know, unless you're a young single man, we're on Nikki Beach right. in Miami with probably a few hundred of the world's most beautiful young ladies walking around. Absolutely, and um, well. And guess where my head was? I mean, she's looking at Facebook. Right, because I was updating, you know, what, yeah. where we were going, what now, we were doing. If this, and... if this rings home with you, the listener, right now, go to the cabinet, get the razor blades out, <laughs> and end it all. <laughs> we, don't, no, 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 we don't do that. All right, okay. Do that. No, don't do that. I'll do that. <laughs> and, um, and, I, and, and what's funny is, is that I was doing it. And then the person on the opposite side of the table, so there was like six of us. The person on the opposite side of the table was doing it. And the person next to them yeah. was doing it. I was on my own. And suddenly, uh, Andy started doing it. Yeah. And then you were the only person, and it was only because you didn't have yeah. a smartphone. Yeah. You were forced to enjoy the reality oh, around I loved you. It. I loved it. You I know, sat and there in beautiful weather, look, you know, just the beautiful blue skies. 
You know, I'm a married man. To be honest, I'm genuinely not interested in all the young girls walking around. But I do genuinely remember being a young man of their age, thinking at their age right now, I'd be up talking to them, having a laugh, having some drinks. Right. You know, um, filled with the young, driven drive of testosterone that you do at, at, at that 20. You're supposed to you know, have. That, you, that you're supposed to have, you right. know. Um, yeah, and I found it quite shocking. And I think when you nudged me and said, I'm the only person that is actually looking up, it made me sort of realise. And I think I, I think I put my phone away at that point and enjoyed the rest of the afternoon there. And then I really went away and evaluated it. And I thought, you're absolutely right. I don't need to tell people on Facebook that I'm in Nikki Beach because I'm in Nikki Beach, Miami. You know what I mean? And, I, and it's all about enjoying that moment. And not to just take away the testosterone thing, it's also about enjoying the moment. And I think that social media and all of these tools and technologies that have come up are really ruining our experience of the success that we create. We're it's an adulation-chasing mechanism. Absolutely. Um, I've always believed, um, and I'm not going to go into conspiracy theories anymore, but... There is uh, there is distraction put in place. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. You know, and if 100%. you want to know one of the one of the earliest cases in uh, our our most modern history, um, is, is the Caesars, yeah, with the Colosseums. Um, you know, there was the time when the Romans were all at war, where they were rope, raping the tax the tax from uh, from the the wealthy dignitaries, the Roman people. Uh, the farmers, the businessmen, they were absolutely roping their own people on taxation to keep their armies at war. Now, the only thing they could placate their bitter anguish with was the fact they had the the gladiator fights in the Colosseums. Right, so they got a relief... They got the relief, yeah. and when you actually sort of like football now, isn't it? Right? Oh, no, <laughs> if no. I just said it, <laughs> no, I would rather have been a Roman. <laughs> I mean, football, a bunch of tarts with funny hairdos kicking a leather ball around a bit. I mean, I've seen street football, right? And when oh. you see street football around the world, these guys that are playing in the World Cup don't come anywhere near it. Like it's like whatever. The yeah. skill yeah. Is, is ridiculous. I, I, I've got no time for it. They are, you know, as. Uh, um, there is a song, and I can't remember the song, but the words go something like, um, footballers changing hands for the price of a hospital wing. Right. Now, that rings true with me because anybody, anybody that buys a football season ticket to go and see a bunch Mark of... Mark Donnan. <laughs> to, go and see, <laughs> to go and see a bunch of Muppets run around on grass yeah. when there are people dying all over the world as a result of starvation. <laughs> Disease. I can see how you're trying to influence our uh, disease, you know, listeners, crippling injuries and third world poverty, Uh, and there's footballers changing hand for the price of a football. More important, and not more importantly, but as importantly, you could be investing that season ticket money or whatever money you're wasting on, you know, so-called entertainment in your business that's going to actually change your life that's exactly. actually going to improve the quality exactly you know I don't know how much a season to get do you have any clue what it is I, I, I have got no idea two grand I, I I've got no idea but I can tell you an interesting story you want to hear an interesting story well, let's go for it I mean this podcast I was in uh, I was in a pub with a few friends of mine when I was a young lad I was a young lad and so what's uh, that 30 years ago oh yeah probably yeah. Um, no, a bit older than that yeah, third bit of this 
Anyway, I was a young man, and I overheard a group of guys at the end of the bar. And uh, these three guys, I was there with a couple of friends of mine. Now, none of my friends end up at support any of the uh, the primate uh, sports. Yeah. You know, we're not into any uh, any knuckle-dragging football or anything yeah, else that involves my, yeah. ridiculous amounts of money changing hands um, for that sort of thing. So we don't support that sort of stuff. So we're, we're literally uh, there with uh, a couple of them with our wives, and uh, I was with my girlfriend at the time. Um, you know, enjoying an evening out. And there's three guys at the end of the bar, and um, they're all avid football supporters. And we listened to them. Um, they did share the IQ of what, a carrot, I think, between all three of them. <laughs> uh, the topic of conversation was absolutely riveting. It went from, did you see that shot? To He caught that one, didn't he? Or do you remember that game five years ago? He got that, yeah. I mean, it was just beyond riveting. You know, we were, you know, we were, we were glued to their conversation. Um, and then it went from from uh, from football. It went on to sex, and has and 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 for some reason, how that how none of their girlfriends were particularly interested in uh, in having any form of sexual activity with them or spending much time with them at all. Now you've got to ask yourself: Is this because these bo- <laughs> these these people do nothing apart from talk about football um, and spend their lives at football or in the pub talking about? Football right. that that they're in that situation. Um, so get your ambition up. Talk about your dreams. Talk about what you're creating. Talk yeah. about what no. I'm not just attacking football about, guys. No, just but you know, we're attacking everything. I'm talking, Every form of distraction I'm, there is. Exactly. Right. Now, Social you, media distraction. Football, distraction. You know distraction. whatever else. Yeah. Like the, I always look the, at it and I say that money is only spent in the world. For everything is marketing, and everything is every pay every dollar spent is spent in business to create a sale, right? So when you look at it like that, it's like how much money is being spent in the football industry? How much money is being spent in the television industry? So what are they looking to sell you, right? And when somebody's looking to sell you something, the very act of selling someone on something is taking their attention away from what reality is and feeding them your form of reality. Now, we obviously, in our perceptions of when I don't want to, you know, uh, in our perceptions, what we sell is aimed to help the right people. Like Gold for Life will help the right person. A bug-free mind will help the right person. But then you look at it and you go, right, but cigarettes, uh, football, alcohol, all these other things that are created... What are they actually looking to sell? Everything's going to be a sale. So I always look at it like that. Like when that much money is being spent on something, what are they trying to sell you? And most of it is like what are they trying to distract you from? Because the sale is a distraction. So Absolutely. Say. Now, dis- distraction is a, is a massive key part of popular, of, of popular society. Um, if it wasn't for, uh, you know, I mean... The television makes my skin crawl. It Me too. Absolutely I haven't watched TV in a year, um, I think. It's beyond, it's beyond belief. When you have got uh, people talking about EastEnders... Oh, that makes oh my me God. sick. <laughs> that oh, my makes God. Me sick. And Corrie. <laughs> and what else? I mean, now, seriously, seriously... Oh. You're talking what about, about the only way is Essex. Did you see that program? No, no. I, you know, do you know what? Shall I tell you what we watch? What do you watch? We watch The Simpsons because my little girl loves it. Yeah. Um, she's not allowed to watch any garbage. Um, we don't let it. We don't. We don't let her watch garbage. Uh, we watch films that we select with her. You know, nice. Right. Films. As long as you're yeah. selecting, it, yeah. it's different. She's not allowed to watch garbage. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, we watch comedies, things that make you happy, uh, that we check out in advance. There's no need to bring misery, depression, stress. The news. You know, the news. The news, well, for starters, it's all propaganda. Right. You know, war is always written by the victor, which means that's a load of lies for a start. Uh, and the news is full of propaganda. I mean, certain news channels are actually owned by government agencies um, to promote propaganda. And if you don't know that, then, then you shouldn't be watching the news. Um, so, yeah, it's all basically rubbish. It's all and, distraction. Uh, it's all distraction. So unless you want to actually install um, misery, lies, distraction, depression, and general unhappiness into someone's life, turn the telly off. Yeah, get away from the distraction, put the football down. Yeah. Put everything that doesn't affect where your life is going in the direction where you yeah. want it to go, down. And it's step true. away from it. Step away from it, because it's taking up your time. It's burning your life. It's keeping you from waking up. Right. It's keeping you from being present. It's keeping you from actually thinking, now hang on a moment... If I was to do this, I could actually do X, Y, Z. I could earn money. I could create my own whatever. I could derive choice. You know, because whatever you think about any potential government scheme, any potential incentive, anything out there to create entrepreneurs, to drive business, to drive wealth and growth, economy growth, to drive improvement in any sector, that, that is there because a fraction of a fraction of people are born to be that way. Right. A fraction of people on top of that can learn to be that way. Right. But the majority will never be that way. And they are not allowed to be that way. Because if they did, who is going to screw the lid on a toothpaste tube, Inesh? Right. You know? Who's going to put... He's going to put the lead in a pencil. And before somebody leaves a message saying it's done by machine, I know that. It's a figure it of speech. It is a machine. It's a figure of speech. Yeah. Do you know what? Somebody cleans that machine. Somebody makes those machines. You know, and it creates jobs. Of course it does, because we need people with jobs to clean the toilet, to do whatever needs to be done. Everybody needs to have an active part of society. I'm not saying that's not a good thing. What I'm saying is being be awake, yeah. be present, and, and create choice in your life. There's a, there's a study that uh, it's proven, it's not a study anymore, it's actually proven, and that is that a, a normal person only has a certain amount of willpower, right? You can actually measure willpower. And every decision that you make, uh, it's like every person wakes up with a willpower bank. And every decision that you make subtracts from that bank. And you get to a certain point, generally for people it's like midday, and their willpower bank is completely exhausted. So by that time of waking up in the morning, looking at the news, deciding what to you know what to eat out of the crap that we that we get fed, just talking about water cooler topics with people, talking about crap, uh, thinking about what you're going to be entertaining or distracting yourself with, or what the latest distraction has done. By about midday, somebody's willpower bank, and people can go and do the research on this, but somebody's willpower bank is completely exhausted. So by the time they actually get round to thinking about what they actually want to do with their life, they've got no willpower to do it. So therefore, they let themselves go to the distractions that are out in the world. And I think that that is very, very important when it comes to like social media, for example, because you wake up in the morning, you check Facebook, or you check Twitter, or you check whatever you're checking. And on average, another study says that it takes 20 minutes for somebody to get focused on one topic. And on Facebook, every 20 seconds, you're seeing a new different post. 
So you're not allowing your we're not our brains are no longer allowed to focus on one thing. And we cannot operate without focusing on one thing. We can't create success without focusing on one thing. You know, and I think that's a big again, it's an, another distraction tool. So like yeah. you've gotta I mean now I do my very, very best to not interact with anything that's uh distractive, at least for the first half of the day. Yeah. Like at all. I just won't look at it. Um, no. So yeah, that's uh, there's interesting topics coming out now on what it's really attention because the more attention that we have, the more success we can create. Like if people had their attention on their relationship, then they wouldn't be screwing it up. They wouldn't be focused on. Can the you imagine? Can you imagine what would become of the world if TV shut down tomorrow? Well, this is it exactly. What like I had this discussion with a friend of mine the other day. We were we were talking about uh, the whole testosterone side of things because she was fed up with a guy that she was dating, and we were talking about that. And I was like, "Well, imagine if overnight uh, all men had a tripling of testosterone in the world. What would happen to the world? I think the world would get back on track. Like we'd get less distracted with wars. We'd get less distracted with all this other crap that we're doing. Football." television, distraction, 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 and the world would get back on track very, very, very fast because men would be able to create what, what, we're, what we're here to do, which no, is to create. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is, there is just so much, there is so much put in place uh, for, for anyone that's anywhere near the rat race. Yeah. And I mean, whether you're caught in it, where you live on, whether or not you're, you're skimming on the outside of it, there is so much distraction. There is so much that will literally take your eye off of your own potential focus. Right. And the, the, just bear in mind what, you know, getting back to my, my, uh, my danger, my danger nodules, which we were talking about <laughs> earlier. Put yourself in a situation. The next time you sit down to watch your evening of I don't even know if Corrie's on anymore. Do you know Corrie's no, on? No Corrie, EastEnders, Essex this, Essex that. Oh, my God, the game shows. I can't <laughs> even talk about the game shows. Now, the funniest one that, I, I, watch, that I watch, because like, I think West, my brother, was, he was, it was on the TV, and I just walked in, and I was just like, what the hell is this? And it's something like, like, ask me out or take me out or something like that, right? And it's basically a bunch of people standing there selling themselves, women selling themselves to men for them to take them out live on camera in front of a studio audience. You're joking. No, I'm not kidding. Don't do, do a Google on it. You're like, it's funny. It's I, hilarious. I literally, the only time I ever look is if someone tells me. Yeah. And uh, I remember they had those... Siri, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Oh, man. Well, and they had a few others, didn't they? Like, yeah. Bolt and other... And Big all I Brother think, and all that stuff. I, I clicked yeah. on it, and I looked. I literally looked at it for a couple of seconds to see what it was about, and all I could think was, no, you're a twat, leave you there. Right, exactly. Because they're all morons. Right. You know, do you know the only people, you know, and I, and I would almost like to shake their hand, the people that come up with these shows... They're very clever. Oh, super clever. They are super clever because they Their job are, is to distract and they do it very oh, well. Oh, they do it incredibly well. And um, what, what struck me is that literally, if, it is, if it's to the point of almost vomit-inducing for me, the mass majority would love it. Right. Yeah, I've found that too. If it makes me literally want to heave, yeah. I know that the majority of people are going to love it, which obviously makes me quite unusual, I should think, or yeah. quite... Special. You know. Yes, but special. I'm special. Lots of people call me special. <laughs> you are special. 
But yeah, no, it's it's just it's abhorrent to me. It's abhorrent to me. And the uh, the, the the shame of the matter is that if we were to take distraction out of the scenario, out of the situation today, out of the scenario today, the inevitable is scary. Oh, it would man. result in anarchy. You think so? You think so? Get the population to sit down oh, no, and I, think. I think we'd have a revolution. Exactly. I, I don't know about... Oh, maybe not anarchy. Or maybe organised anarchy. Organised anarchy. That's exactly what it would be, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think we'd have a revolution within a week. Like, if, if all distraction was shut off within a week, you know, we'd have... Well, think about it. You're going to get people sitting around. All of a sudden, they're going to go, do you know what? Why have those people got more than me? Yeah. And the truth of the matter and is... And even, even more than that is, why am I not... What, what, is, what are these certain rules that are set in place that don't allow me to get more? Like, what was that about? Like, well, entrepreneurs, we, we sort of operate outside of those rules. We do, We're, because we don't believe those rules are there. Right. But, for when, but when they've been installed, when they are installed from the earliest age... Those people believe those rules are there. Right. And they, once you believe, it becomes reality. Right. Those rules are there for those people. And that's, that's the scary thing. That's the important thing for those people. Um, let me give you an example. Um, in the Czech Republic, um, I happen to know this for personal reasons, in the Czech Republic, the Czech schooling system doesn't teach to read or write until the student is six years of age. Right. Now, for any of you that have researched synapsis severing, you'll know that that's tantamount to uh, educational genocide. Right. Yeah? You might as well put a an academic bullet to that child's head and pull the trigger. Because when you look at synapsis severing and the science behind it, it is absolutely critical to pump as much information and data into a baby's mind, a child's mind, as early as possible. Yeah, to build up, yeah. For two reasons. At that age, a child looks at learning as fun. And the more information and data you put in, the more information and data they want. So it becomes a drug, a healthy drug. It's never, ever considered to be a problem for a child that's receiving that level of data. And the other thing is, when you look at synapsis severing, um, the vastness of data is phenomenal. When you look at people being left brain and right brain, this is a product of society. We see a child that picks up a paintbrush, we train them to be yeah, artistic. Yeah, we label them. Right. We label them. We, we somebody that is it's, that it's scientific, we train them to use a pen and paper and a calculator. Yeah. The truth of the matter is, we are murdering again. We are committing genocide, mental genocide, on our true potential as a human being. Because right at that point, we are severing synapses in that child's growth pattern. If that child, who was painting so beautifully, was also encouraged to learn math... They would. They would. Right. And maybe we'd be further advanced in this field of sacred sound. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many, so many avenues we completely ignore as a result of that. Now, uh, I don't mind my, my, saying my daughter is uh, six, uh, and for the last uh, year, she reads and writes and speaks fluently Czech and English. Wow. Okay. And she, is, she was speaking, reading and writing fluently Czech 
one and a half years before she would even begin to learn it in a Czech school. Wow. Now, that's because when we lived in Prague, we put her into an English nursery, and she was reading English before she... She could read fluently in English before she started school in England, uh, period. But as a result of that, she herself learnt Czech. She picked up the Czech books that we have around the house, and she learnt to read Czech wow. with the help of, my, of, of her mother. But we're talking about the absolute minor involvement. She worked out, being that Czech is actually a very complicated language to learn fully, but when you have English as a foundation, she work, worked out that you actually speak Czech phonetically, and you read it phonetically. So she learned to read Czech. Now, the involvement that we had in that was pretty much zero, all we did was put her into a nursery that actually taught them to read and write at the very, very earliest of age. Now, that's scary to me. Yeah. Because I know for a fact that children are capable of so much more than we allow them. And yet I've heard comments on the television, I've heard comments in the press, and I've seen the complete contrary reported when people say a child should be able to enjoy their childhood. Now, that to me is is bloody murder. That's crap to me. I mean, because a child will enjoy <clears throat> their childhood. But whether or not they're poking their finger up their nose with a muddy finger because we're playing in a gutter or reading Latin, a child will enjoy what it enjoys. Right. It depends what toys you give it to play with right. and what games you allow it to play. If you give a child a piano... It will learn to play the piano if you gave it a little bit of help and advice. Let's not forget the story of Beethoven. Yeah? Mm -hmm. If you give a child a bucket and put him in a muddy puddle, he's going to learn enjoy that. to learn mud, to move mud. Very so it is very interesting and it is very, very disturbing because something tells me that the super elite don't put their children through the same schooling system as most people. Well, then... I mean, just before I make that point, I was just thinking, what if we actually taught children from that very young age to identify what the needs of people were and to create, to solve them? We could breed entrepreneurs right from that very age. That's a very now you're, now you're talking, you're talking in a, very dangerously. Oh, oh, absolutely. I'm you talking know. world-changingly. Right? As a matter, I'm looking for a red dot to, do, to appear on the side of your head <laughs> yeah, from yeah, a sniper yeah. rifle. Because, heaven forbid, you cannot educate the masses, period. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think the, in the industrial education system that we have now was actually designed to help people think independently. It was created for by the wealthiest people in the world to teach their children how to replicate what they'd created. So it's really a, 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 an education system based on, the, based on the development of a replication process, right? So it's like we're going to teach our, our children because we can't teach them. So we're going to create the formats that are needed to teach them what we did um, and what we created. So it's based on... Replication, not replication, innovation. Replication, not innovation. Yeah. That's why there's so, many, so few innovators. There are so few innovators for the very, very simple fact you need the cross-fertilisation of right and left brain to create innovation. Absolutely. And that is not actually taught. It's actually purposely separated. Right. 
And that's why, I mean, it's also that and, you know, type A, type B, type what all these personalities. I mean, how many scenarios types? do you have where you have a business where you've got the entrepreneur thinker with the, with the man that does the maths? You've got the man that can pull the money in, the financial director, with the guy that goes out there and innovates. You've got the designers. And the reason you need these people to try and click and, 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 and create business is because people can't do it anymore to get on their own. But the fact of the matter is that you're, we're working at a fraction, a, 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 a disgracefully low fraction of our full potential because you, you know, just appreciate the mind's potential if you had the artistic and the academic thought patterns in one mind. Which this is why I actually respect Steve Jobs a lot because he had the creative ability to see what was needed in personal computing and the logical mind to see what's it going to take to turn this into a business and how but do we actually... You know what Steve Jobs done. What he done was amazing. Right. Now stop for one second and imagine that Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak were the same brain. Where would they have gone? Right. So much further, so you, much further. you can't even comprehend. Right. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, Manesh and I were very privileged to listen to Steve Wozniak. Uh, yeah, actually. That talk, was, uh... We listened to Steve Wozniak talk for two hours, um, and it was, it was like being caught in time. Without moving. I Without moving. We, 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 even looked we at sat each other. static, uh, and two hours disappeared in seconds. Yeah. Um, he was uh, incredible. Uh, an absolute honour to be in the guy's presence for two hours. Uh, the room was silent, nobody moved. And it was the most bizarre experience to see two hours disappear off, off the clock yeah. in, in split seconds. He absolutely hypnotised everybody in the room with the story of his life and uh, the innovations and, and what he actually did. Now, uh, there's no way on this planet anyone could convince me that Steve Wozniak was any former salesman or businessman. No. No. But if he, at a young age, wore, was driven in both directions, heaven alone knows. Where, where we could be today in technology. Right. You know? Yeah, I think... Um, so, what do you think... I mean, we've looked at it from a big scale. Now, give people an idea of what you actually do, like, today, now. What I do today? Yeah, in business, because we haven't really covered that. What, what I'm having to do today is bringing uh, my friend Andrew Shaw's books and uh, is process. Is that what you're calling him now? Yeah, Andrew. Well, I call him Ruprecht, normally. <laughs> Ruprecht Shaw. Ruprecht Ruprecht. <laughs> Roginald, Reginald, right? Uh, Shaw, Shaw the third. <laughs> no, a- Andy Shaw, Andy See, I Shaw. I call him T A Shaw. Let's remember. T- of course we do. Of course we do yeah, with yeah. T A Shaw. Yeah. Um, or or even um, what was the other other thing? I can't remember now. Anyway, um, but Andy Shaw, Andrew Shaw is the author and uh, of uh, the A Bug Free Mind books, and uh, the creator of the A Bug Free Mind process. Now, he's a very good friend of mine. I've known him for very, very, very many years. We made millions together and lost millions together. Um, and uh, he's, he's weird enough to have written two of probably the best, if not factually, the best books in Mindset ever written, uh, period. And um, I'm, I'm proud to be helping Andy out uh, at the moment, getting those books out there, uh, out there to the world. Um, we're, we're reaping some huge successes and some huge leap forwards in many, many areas. And uh, proud to say in the last couple of years I've been helping with the business, we're going from strength to strength to strength. And uh, that for me is, it's like uh, a cross between a calling and something I really enjoy because I've always wanted to do something that really um, put a stamp on where I was or what I did on this planet. 
Um, not really. I don't want a hospital wing named after me. No. Uh, I don't really care if anybody knows who I was. Just one of the. Just one of the beds. No, not even that. <laughs> not even I just that. like to know that um, you know when uh, you know when a tree lands on my head one day playing golf or the unexpected grim reaper comes to take me. You've got some very positive outlooks. You know, all I'm saying is you never know, so enjoy it. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I, I with any luck, if my if my maths are right. Um, there'll be no capital gains to pay on my estate for a start. You know, <laughs> you know, you need to be banking offshore. You know all about that. Yeah. Of course, you do. No. You need to be wise. <laughs> no, I have no clue. What <laughs> no, no. no clue. What no, you're you need to be careful. And uh, yeah, my net worth's going to be about five pence when I die because I intend to spend every Your penny. Your absolute of it. personal net worth. Absolutely, I, I get it. personal net worth will be about five pence. Worth. God knows what assets maybe companies that I'll have owned will earn. Who, who knows? knows? Who knows? Who knows? But That's anyway, obviously not in your control. Oh, but nothing to do with me, would no, they? Nothing to do with me. As long as they lend me money every year, I'll be happy. Um, <laughs> swiftly moving on from that. Um, anyway, swiftly moving on. I couldn't really care less whether or not anybody remembers me when I've gone. What I would like to think is when the Grim Reaper takes my last breath, that I actually did something. Yeah. yeah? Whether or not I helped out a few people, helped an old lady cross the road... Helped a lot of people, as we're doing right now with the books that I'm promoting with Andy, to change their lives and improve their lives. Um, I'd like to think, yeah, I've done something. I've done something. And it doesn't need to be on a plaque. It doesn't need to be anywhere. I'd just like to think that. At the same time, you know, enjoy my life as, uh, as, it, as it goes along. So what do you think um, is like the three, three things, three most important things people should focus on on success? From my opinion... Well, for the week, you can't talk from my, from my opinion. I'm going to talk you? from my own opinion and I'm going to force my will on all the listeners. Absolutely. I mean, everyone should do exactly Whether what Whether you understand, believe or appreciate this today, you will arrive at the inevitable <laughs> conclusion that life is about choice. Right. So bearing that in mind, it is your choice whether you decide to create further choice you need to put yourself in a position whether or not you are an astronaut a uh whether or not you are a waiter whether or not you're a bricklayer a brain surgeon a plastic surgeon whatever you do make the choice to improve your life make the choice to not be sucked into the system make the choice to not become part of the rat race step out of it far enough to be wise enough to you know invest cleverly do something a little bit smarter than the next guy. Don't be roped in with all the stupidity. Um, you know, look after yourself, look after your family, but do something a little bit cleverer than the next guy. Again, give yourself choice. And lastly, and more importantly, you know, um, is that whatever your calculations are, whatever your facts and figures are, um, make sure you've got the money to do what you want to do. Um, and by that, I mean... There is no point in being the richest man in the graveyard. You only live as far as we know, once, you know. Um, enjoy life. Enjoy life. Be wise. Don't be sucked into the system. Create your own choices by investing or, or spending wisely. That's, that's, that's my cap. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about on success? Anything about testosterone? I might actually call this random conversations on success from next uh, from next time because that was a pretty interesting. Do you think anything else that 
the world needs to be aware of? Or actually, I haven't asked you, which I normally do. What's the What's the best book you you've read on success? Obviously, this might be a shameless time to plug our friend, but I well, it's undoubtedly Andy's books. Undoubtedly, no, no, seriously, seriously, Andy's books. You know, um, I've uh, and I don't want to plug Andy again, or Ruprecht, as I like to call him. <laughs> Um, but I, I, we were at a business startup show uh, a year or so ago, and a, uh, and at the business startup show, um, we had a uh, what do you call it? Well, keynote, Andy was a keynote speaker in a room, I think, for two hundred people, and we had people filling every seat, standing in the aisles, queued up outside, and almost breaking down the walls of the venue to get in and listen of which he got a standing ovation for. Um, and at the same event, there was another talking section where, where Andy was a keynote speaker uh, on sales and marketing. So when it comes to business, uh, mindset is paramount. We all know that. Yeah. Um, when it comes to motivation, depression, overwhelm, you know, people need mindset. They need mindset improvement. So when it comes to, you know, business improvement, when it comes to any form of, of uh, you know, uh, mental enlightenment. Yeah, I, I do genuinely believe the Above Free Mind books are, are possibly the best ever written. Yeah, I've got them listed as uh, one of the recommendations on my of things that I. And if uh, you want, obviously, pure strategic investment, then there's I've got a guy called Manesh Bindi's written something. I don't know if you want to. Have you heard of that? Uh, no, I have no, no idea. What you're talking, talking about now that obviously that would be the best book for actually targeted strategic investment. I did a book first, but uh, okay. at this point in time, but um, okay. yeah, no, what we do is is just cool as well. Yeah. Um. So, I anything else you want to talk about on success? The fact that people need to fall in love with eating Indian food and lots of it, and yeah, very spicy they're, they're, amounts they're, yeah. of it, and. Yeah, we need to go and have an Indian, I think. I think it's I think it's time. So yeah. thanks very much for no right. Pleasure, my friend. showing up and well inviting me to your house <laughs> uh, to record this. But yeah, this is this Jeff, did you enjoy this? Very much. What do you what do you think of this podcast? Where do you think I should take this? This podcast, I yeah. don't know, you might need to break it down into about ten sections, otherwise it <laughs> might be too long. But seriously, I'd love to know how many how long people listened. Yeah. Uh, you need to put a bit on the front of the podcast. To let everyone know that it's going on this Yeah, week. actually, we'll say it right now. Hi, welcome to Manesh Bendy's podcast. This is the front of the actual podcast. So just to let you know, this is a really long podcast, but it's we've had a load of fun, and you don't really want to miss it. So take this opportunity to grab a pen and paper right now, because you're going to need to write down when you decide to leave the podcast and email us. A comment underneath the blog. And comment. Post. And Co- comment. Comment yeah. with when you decided to... Yeah switch off or not yeah. listen or not listen yeah. yeah and if people want to contact you for whatever reason that they want to discuss oh, other conspiracy theories no chance <laughs> no no they no, can't contact no. you at all no no what, no. business opportunities oh if want people to... want to pay me huge amounts of money for whatever reason they can contact me through Humanesh that would be nice <laughs> you'd have to filter them though I'll, you'd have to filter them uh, oh man well if you want to get in touch with Peter if you message uh, if you go to my Facebook and search for Peter, H-A-L-M, which is your, your last name. Um, he'll, you'll come up and then just add him as a friend and bug him on Facebook because yeah, he spends all day on Facebook. No, I don't. You'll actually be lucky to catch me on Facebook. But, yeah, seriously, um, yeah, there's a load of really interesting stuff out there, a load of really interesting research. But, yeah, get out of the system, do something different, have a good look at what Manesh is doing. It's probably, if not the best on the market. You know, get your mindset right, create choice in your life. Yeah, stop, you know... Get on with it. 
feeding into the bullshit. <laughs> That's a good way to end, isn't it, yeah, really? Yeah. Right, thanks, guys, for listening. We're off to get some... Uh, Indian. Indian food that you think is the best Indian food in this area. No, the best in Chichester. Best in Chichester. Right. Not that good. <laughs> well, it's not London, is it? It's not London, is it? <laughs> See you later, guys. Sure, thanks bye. For bye. If you want more of the Minesh Bindi podcast, subscribe on iTunes or head over to www.mineshbindi.com where you can join the discussion and ask Minesh questions after each episode. So go there now and leave a comment. And if you want even more, plus some personal insights from Minesh that are only shared by email, get over to www.mineshbindi.com and sign up to Minesh's email updates. If you truly enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends now and we'll see you on the next one.